Hello, and welcome to Amateur Hour. My name is... Chris. Are you serious? You're back on this one now? You can't take two years off and expect your listeners to come back. You're such an amateur. Welcome to Amateur Hour. My name is Chris Davis, and I'm really excited to be saying welcome to Amateur Hour again. I uh, It's been just under a year since we had our last episode where we said we weren't going to be covering the 2020 amateur season in the Carolinas. And it's funny, uh, at the time, it actually wasn't to do with COVID. I don't, I don't know how many of you would remember this because you know, it's been a year, but it was actually uh, so that I could focus on an internship that I was going to have in the summer that ended up being canceled because of COVID as well as uh, Ben and I were going to focus more locally on Charlotte Independence. And, you know, I was going to help him out with his Talking Jacks podcast that he and Alex did for several years. Um, we're not doing that anymore, which I'm sure a lot of you know. If any of you don't know and are just happen to be curious, um, I, I'm not going to talk about it here, but there's a, several podcasts where we talk about it on Talking Jacks towards the end. Particularly, there's an episode with the name Dan D'Amico in it. And the very last episode are both really good indicators why Ben and I no longer support the club that more or less is the reason we fell in love with soccer. Um, but onto happier things, we're coming back with this now. Ben's going to be joining me. He's not on this episode, but he will be coming back. And uh, we're going to learn a whole lot more about what's going on in the Carolinas amateur-wise. Um, uh, Zach from TriSockPod, he's... Uh, the commissioner now of a new league called First Flight League. Uh, you know, they're starting off their season here and um, this year. And I'd love to learn more about that league and learn about all of those clubs. Um, and I just figure learning more and more about ways teams impact our community. You know, that's just what I love to do. So I'm excited to get back to it. Obviously, we're probably going to talk with uh, our buddy Tim and some people up in Asheville. I mean, you know, the guy I talked to Tim and then, you know, Greenville FC. They're uh, doing some things again this year, which I'm really excited about, and I'd love to hear about that. Just kind of get some updates on old friends and make some new ones. We are not coming back straight away, though. We are going to be coming back around the middle of May, uh, beginning of June at the absolute latest. The reason for the delay is I actually am currently working on an internship with Carolina uh, Champions League, which is a youth soccer league. Uh, pretty much, uh, they're based out of Charlotte, but they have teams, you know, pretty much all over, you know, North Carolina and some teams in South Carolina as well. And uh, it's been a lot of fun learning all about it and, you know, getting more familiar with youth soccer and all that. And uh, when I told uh, our commissioner, Ahmad, about, you know, this podcast and stuff that I've done, uh, he asked me to help launch a new podcast for them. That's going to be pretty similar to Amateur Hour, to be honest. It's... Um, Basically, I'll be interviewing a different representative from a club uh, each week and learning, you know, what kind of makes them special and unique. Because I think that's one thing I've learned with this podcast is every club has its own unique stories and ways that they impact their community. And I want to learn about that at a level I don't know anything about. And it's kind of why I started Amateur Hour. I didn't know anything about Asheville City until I did a bit of research and then, you know, talked with them. So that's kind of what I'm doing again. And I wanted to include in our announcement that we're coming back here with Amateur Hour, our first episode we have uh, 
for uh, it's called Dive Into Development, the podcast with Carolina Champions League. I actually interviewed my boss, the commissioner Ahmad, and uh, we just kind of talk about you know where the league is now, where it's going, how they've dealt with COVID, things of that nature. And uh, I thought it was a pretty cool uh, interview, and I've enjoyed it. Um, we've got some great episodes coming up soon. Um, this Thursday, we're going to be talking with Queen City Mutiny. Um, I'm actually about to do that interview right after I record this. Um, but uh, I'm really looking forward to that talk, as well as some other ones we have lined up. So if you guys would like to kind of get you know, back into the amateur hour spirit, listen to some cool clubs, please subscribe to Dive Into Development. I'll uh, include links uh, on the uh, show notes and all that. And uh, yeah, as far as this goes, if you unsubscribe to Amateur Hour, because, you know, we did one episode in like a year period, (laughs) you know, resubscribe wherever you get podcasts. Uh, We're going to have a YouTube channel now. And uh, I'll include links for that as well in the show notes. And uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for this journey we've been on. I'm really excited to come back. I hope y'all come back with me. And uh, yeah, now I'm going to show you that interview I had with Ahmad. And joining me now is Carolina Champions League Commissioner Ahmad Halloween. How's it going, Ahmad? Good. How's it going, Chris? Doing great. Appreciate you taking the time and being part of our first episode here. Yeah, we're uh, excited to get this new, you know, initiative going. Uh, we've long times in the works, and fantastic to have a, a bright young intern like yourself that's uh, taken the initiative to uh, get this going for us. So, thanks for uh, everybody that's uh, listening in. We're excited to get the uh, podcast uh, started here. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. So before we talk about the league and, you know, introduce that some more, I'd like to get to know you a little bit better. The first time I walked into your office, uh, the first couple things I noticed was you had a couple of American football helmets. I believe it was Florida State and Jacksonville Jaguars. And then a degree from Florida International University, if I'm correct. That's correct. So I'm curious, how did uh, a seemingly American football fan from Florida end up becoming the commissioner of a youth soccer league in the Carolinas? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, you know, sports were always a big part of my life growing up. And after high school, et cetera, I wanted to see how do I make an impact in sports? Because obviously I was not going to be competing at a high level professionally or anything collegiately, et cetera. So mm. started off uh, doing my degree at Florida International for sports and rec management, uh, worked with a few different organizations down in Florida. Uh, one was the NCAA softball tournament out of Madera Beach Recreation Center. Uh, another one was a nonprofit called Rock uh, Park, also in Madera mm-hmm. Beach, where uh, we created a uh, the inaugural Rock the Barrier Special Needs uh, Field Day, where we worked with various uh, different uh, professional organizations to create uh, an awesome experience. Um, so event planning in sports, et cetera, were kind of the big part of my life and Mm -hmm. through some mutual connections you know like many people in sports uh it's all about having those connections and ultimately led me to this uh awesome role that we have up here uh, with the carolina champions league Mm -hmm. took uh, a trip the inaugural season uh so fall of 2018 to Mm -hmm. the last event over at elon park Uh, i came up for that weekend it was a saturday event um at at that time, two different uh, locations, but I loved every aspect of it, right? So mm-hmm. I saw what it was for the Carolina Champions League, what Nathan uh, and Edmund were looking to create. And after that, uh, it was, you know, a short trip in January. And next thing you know, I'm 
speaking in, in front of different club directors and talking about the vision of how we can grow the Carolina Champions League. And it was exciting, you know, having that opportunity to come up here to Charlotte and learn more about the Carolinas, et cetera. But ultimately, you know, like you said, the American football side, uh, the sports I worked on before were, you know, football, basketball, and, and baseball, various different sports. But yeah. the, the soccer knowledge is something that I continuously work on and learning, especially from two great mentors that I have and their vast experience, you know, 20 plus years in the game. And ultimately, even, you know, from people within the, uh, the organization, from club directors and others. Uh, so it, it was a good uh, journey up here and I uh, loved every minute of it so far. So, so uh, you started pretty much right after the first season. Is that what you said, more or yeah. less? Yes. So, fall of 2018 is the the first season, um, and then after that, spring of 2019. So, it's still part of the first year wow. of the Carolina Champions League. So, yeah, that that first moved up here in late December, January seventh. Uh, I remember we were at the Sportsplex having a league scheduling meeting, and then ever since then, uh, been in the full time role of the Carolina. Commissioner of the Carolina Champions League. Wow. So when someone who's maybe not into soccer uh, or youth sports necessarily asks you about the league, how do you describe it to them? That's a good question. You know, so we tend to do things, you know, you think about youth soccer, you think about youth sports in general, a lot of things um, may be done one specific way and recreated, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but some of the things that we try to do are a little bit outside the box or, or not necessarily always done the same way over and over. So one of the big things about our league is uh, at, at the beginning, it started with uh, eight inaugural clubs, primarily based in the Charlotte region. And we had access to field space here in, in Matthews, uh, which allowed us to do centralized locations uh, where everybody essentially would come to one spot. And if you're in that club, you know where you're going to be playing that weekend. Mm -hmm. So what that allows is, you know, referees, you're going to have the same ones primarily throughout the entire day. Uh, if you're a parent of a uh, child and maybe you have multiple kids within your, uh, in that same club, you know where they're going to be playing. You're going to be going to one spot. So that way, mom and dad don't have to split up or if it's you know finding a, a way to get your one child to 100 miles away from the other child that centralized location has so many benefits and it, it makes us a little bit different because ultimately when you think about centralized locations mass amount of games you think of a tournament right and yeah essentially that's when you look at a, a carolina champions league uh game day it's set up similar to a tournament style atmosphere, which is awesome for everybody involved. Um, but it's just a Wii game, which makes it cool because say you're a U10 player and you want to watch what your U17 team from your club is doing. You have the ability to do that right at that same field. Um, and especially for, you know, directors of coaching that may be also coaching within their organization. They now have access to, oversee and watch almost every single team on that given day uh which ultimately you know hope helps with the player development helps to see uh speak with different coaches on different tactics they're trying to do from uh overall standpoint and that that's one of the you know bigger differences from 
the Carolina Champions League and how we uh, do our day-to-day uh, games and, and league weekends. Okay. So so basically by having a centralized location, you just brought up a lot of good reasons for that. What, what that springs to mind for me now, because you said initially it was just a few teams in the uh, around the Charlotte area, but mm-hmm. since then we've expanded to like teams in Raleigh and things like that. How yeah. does the centralized location in Matthews help out teams that are a bit further away? Yeah, so that is a good point. What we do for teams under you know normal circumstances when mm-hmm. they are traveling, they are at a little disadvantage currently under the, the mm-hmm. format, right? Uh, but to kind of flip that when teams do travel over, um, you know, and wherever they may be going. So if it's uh, three weekends that a team from Raleigh is going to come over to Charlotte, right? Mm -hmm. What we try to do is have two games in a day. Um, So that way it is worth traveling, coming over here. Uh, They get two competitive league games, you know, properly spaced out, et cetera. So that is a little bit more like a tournament style, but, Mm -hmm to make sure that they're not coming over every single weekend, right. For those right. league games. And then, you know, as the league continues to grow in those different areas, you know, we have great Ashfield shield out there on the Western part of the Carolinas. We have the, the five clubs that are out in the Raleigh area. We want mm-hmm. to continue to grow those areas. So that way the centralized locations not only can be convenient for here in the Charlotte region and et cetera, but have those clubs that get uh, that are outside the Charlotte region get a more localized feel, so they can have that same exact benefits that we have talked about uh, previously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because it, it definitely sounds it's interesting. Because to be honest, just my background, I, I'm a big soccer fan. I don't know a lot about the youth setup. Uh, one of my next questions is going to be about you know, and if there's any other differences between uh, you know our league as opposed to others. But before we get to that, what I think would be interesting, like with those centralized setups, you know, you have all these different um, benefits and are, we're looking to expand to have locations for those rally teams or anywhere else. Yeah. So what we have done in this past uh, year and a half now is mm-hmm. establish some relationships outside of just the Charlotte uh, parks and rec uh, location. Mm-hmm. So uh, a great relationship that was first started, uh, formed with one of our uh, clubs, um, NC Crown, uh, Barca Crown. Uh, mm-hmm. They first introduced us to a brand new facility that was located right outside Kings Mountain uh, at Hannah Park. Mm-hmm. And their Parks and Rec director has been fantastic. It's a beautiful facility. And that ultimately lessens the drive, you know, long term for groups that are coming out from the west uh, side, western yeah. side of the state. Um, and then... We have also established relationships out in Goldsboro. They have a uh, beautiful facility out there with two turf fields and majority of grass fields as well mm-hmm. that are well taken care of. And that lessens the drive a little bit for those uh, families that are out on the eastern side of the state. It's just continuously mm-hmm. building out those relationships with other clubs um, that are on the east and west coasts of um, both North and South Carolina to continuously mm-hmm. build um so that way we can have, you know, less travel is the ultimate goal for everyone. So that way all families that are in the Carolina Champions League have more localized games. Yeah, I mean, that sounds great. Um, so as far as the leagues go, is there, like, beyond the centralized locations, is there anything else that kind of sets Carolina Champions League apart from other leagues in the area? 
Yeah, so we do things a little bit different in terms of standings. Um, mm-hmm. And so one big thing, the first season, uh, that fall season right before I came up, a big part of the league was um, Nathan strives and Edmund strives on, you know, the player development piece, right? And how do you really put that into perspective um, from a league standpoint? And one of those is, um, you know, in every sport, it doesn't matter what level you're playing at, there always is going to be a winner and a loser, right? It's yeah. Every aspect of your life, you're, you have to have that competitive drive. But at a young age, it doesn't have to be the focal point. And mm-hmm. when, when you're talking about, you know, U9, U10, U11, U12, the fundamentals should be the main focal point rather than just focusing on how do I get this team to win a game, right? Mm. And, and so that's where we come at from the standards of U12 and below don't have any standings because we want to put the emphasis on player development, make sure that, all right, this team is simply not just focusing on what do I have to do to win, but over the long term, you focus on you know the technical pieces of the game, ex- building the players to properly learn the game of soccer versus just playing to win. Ultimately, they're going to become better players as they continue to get older, and then that winning aspect comes into play once you get into that 11 v 11 style of play. Hmm. Okay. So you've talked a lot already about how what the league is and how you set yourself apart from other leagues in the area. But I was just wondering if there was like a specific mission or vision that the league has that sets you apart from everyone else. Yeah. So, you know, we touched on it a little bit before, but the, the part that we want to make sure that happens in and throughout the Carolinas is if you are a club uh, regardless of size, regardless of past relationships, et cetera, we want to give you the opportunity to change kids' lives, right, through the game of soccer. So regardless of the size of your club, we like to be more inclusive. And mm-hmm. especially for, for those that are just getting started with, you know, a club in, in the Carolinas or may or be looking for resources to have a league that has competitive games, you know, the Carolina Champions League will allow a place as long as you can meet the standards that we try to set forward. And mm-hmm. that includes you know, everything we do in terms of fields. We want to have the top quality, regardless of the level that, you know, the, the uh, soccer is being played. We want to make sure that the facilities that we use are top notch. The standards on game day are top notch. Everything we do make sure it's at a high level. And, you know, ultimately the goal the, the more clubs in, in the Carolina Champions League that are closer to different areas, that's less travel, which is a big piece in youth soccer, right? Um, mm-hmm. And ultimately, that impacts families in more ways than one. And having less travel for all clubs in the Carolina Champions League provides more competition that is appropriate for every single level. And, and you know, that's that's ultimately the, the uh, one of the main purposes is just making sure that if kids want to have that opportunity and clubs want to give them that opportunity, that mm-hmm. the Carolina Champions League is, is the uh, the league uh, for you all if you can meet the standards uh, each day uh, and week of, of our season. Okay, and excuse my ignorance on it, but so you said like the thing that kind of sets apart is like no matter the size of the club, is it a bit more difficult for clubs to get started in other leagues is that part of why champions league came along 
It, it was, you know, there's different leagues. There's different, you know, sets of rules which you have to have to, to get mm-hmm. into the uh, to the organizations. Um, and you can kind of look at the different research that what each league has in terms of uh, application status, et cetera. It doesn't say that mm-hmm. we don't go into that. Every club that uh, submits the club application through our website or before it was a lot of personal uh, interviews go into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, generally we sit down and we have strict uh, rules that go into place once you become a Carolina Champions League member there is a probation period so that way if we don't see okay. that the, the fit is there it's just a mutual thing say hey this is unfortunately not where we want to be and once people get into the Carolina Champions League and buy into what we're trying to do long term mm-hmm. that obviously helps everybody involved and if that doesn't happen so if you don't show up on a game day there is you know, penalties and such forth, as you know, you have reviewed the handbook uh, during your time with the internship. And there's a lot of those Mm -hmm. things that we put into place for clubs that helps provide a structure for everyone, but also holds people accountable. So that way, when we give opportunities for new clubs or anybody that first joins the Carolina Champions League, there is a standard that has to be met, uh, Mm -hmm. but we don't want to deter that, you know, from that initially giving people uh, the opportunity and the chance to prove themselves and ultimately help their community through, uh, through sports. Okay. Okay. So it's not so much that there aren't like standards or anything, but like maybe y'all's barrier to like for opportunities is, is a bit more accessible. Is that exactly. what I'm getting? Yeah. Okay, cool. Exactly. So, Obviously, everyone like in the world has had to adjust their lives in the last year with this pandemic. And mm-hmm. when I was first looking at, you know, internships to join, I got really excited about, you know, this one because it's, you know, it's soccer related and it's, you know, it's right up my alley. But I also was thinking like, well, how does that work really in a pandemic, even though things are obviously better now, um, you know, as far as people, you know, doing the right thing and that sort of thing. But how have you guys adjusted to this pandemic yeah and so you know one of the the biggest pieces for us uh at the beginning that we touched on were centralized locations right so mm-hmm. like every sport and almost every business and um in this uh, country and in the world has suffered some kind of uh, loss or setback because of the pandemic but you know, the carolina champions we, we try to make new things work so uh, last spring, obviously, it came out of nowhere uh, mm-hmm. when COVID-19 hit, and we had to, like many other people around the country, kind of shut down the season uh, and look forward to then in the fall. And, you know, it, we're a year later, and it's still a part of our lives to this day. And kind of what we really had to adjust on were, you know, we do use public parks and recreation uh, facilities. So mm-hmm. when those tend to shut down, that does hurt a lot of organizations uh, in our our league. Our event days are also uh, affected by those. And how do you kind of quickly adjust to plan B, to plan C, to plan D on where you're going to be playing, et cetera, to ultimately get the kids back on the field? So, you know, the, the protocols that were in place, generally uh, Carolina Champions League game day has up uh, towards 5,000 people coming through one centralized location on a given day, right? Yeah. You're talking hundreds of teams coming to one place to play uh, from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Well, that obviously can't happen 
during a pandemic. So making sure that uh, all of a sudden at the beginning, we had one spectator, right? And then mm. restrictions started to lift. And then they went to two spectators, which helped with um, some families that ultimately needed to have that second to make sure that they could see, you know, if they had a sibling that had to come with them, et cetera. And that puts a lot of emphasis on the protocols that we had to make sure. And the clubs did a fantastic job during uh, this past fall where we had a full season. Um, and ultimately only a, a, a few games out of over 700 were affected by that. And that's all because, you know, the clubs bought into what we were trying to do and on a consistent basis. And that's just a big thanks to all the families that are a part of the Carolina Champions League because, you know, the protocols are not easy, right? Wearing mm-hmm. a mask continuously uh, on the on the sidelines. Now it's being put into place as the players are wearing masks. So being able to adjust, is, everybody is now learning um, through this entire process. Nobody's gone through a pandemic like this before, yeah. right? So it is a learning process for everyone involved. And, you know, the protocols are constantly changing. Um, rules from Parks and Rec and different state uh, guidelines are constantly changing. And it's just how can we adapt and really go back and be plan B, C, D, like, you know, we discussed um, where, when, you know, certain things kind of close down, finding that option to just to get the games going. Yeah. I mean, that, that's something that, um, at time of recording, and actually this is coming out in a couple of days. So when this is aired as well, we haven't kicked off yet, but we will be this weekend. And I've seen you, uh, scrambling to get things scheduled, work with all kinds of different team schedules and things like that. And it looks like a lot of organization and a lot of work from where <laughs> I'm sitting. So like, you know, kudos to you for putting all that together. It's, it's definitely not as simple as you would think it would be to arrange yeah. all of that. Yeah. You know, it's it ultimately what we're trying to do is provide opportunities. Right. And yeah. people will put in the work when you know that at the end of the day, the kids just want to go out there and have a great time and, and play the game. Right. So yeah. going back and all the work, that we put in and that are in new sports and, you know, sports in general to make sure that they have a great time. That's ultimately mm-hmm. the goal. So when you go out there on Saturday and Sunday this week, you'll see, you know, all the work that we, you know, kind of been putting into this, it all, it's all for that right there, what you mm-hmm. see on the weekends. And that makes it completely worth it because the kids are having a great time. They are the ones that are, are probably wanting to follow the protocols as much as possible for yeah. for most part because they would just want to play, right? Mm-hmm. So from the adult standpoint, making sure everything is organized uh, to make sure that they can get on the field is just you know one of the main priorities that we have. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, that all sounds great. Now, speaking of this weekend, um, I remember seeing something recently about a uh, game of the week. Yeah. Uh, is this something you want to talk about? Uh, let us know a little more about how that's going to work. Yeah, so more information is going to be coming out about this, but uh, we have teamed up with Sports Reels and previously Soccer Reels, is great guys over there um, mm-hmm. who do video recording uh, of mm-hmm. games and now have tagged in that live stream aspect as well. So we thought it would be an awesome idea to kind of showcase some of the teams that are in our league primarily going to be for the 11 v 11 age groups, uh, mm-hmm. but having a competitive match 
virtually live streamed every single week at the Carolina Champions League. And after the words, those teams that are uh, participating will receive that footage where they can go back, rewatch the film, tag clips, have players then look at the film to obviously learn from what they did on that specific game day. Mm-hmm. It's going to be an awesome experience for everyone involved, um, especially, you know, there's not a lot of leagues that are putting out uh, live stream events for just, you know, a given day versus, you know, an entire event. But mm-hmm. we, we want to give that experience to them and ultimately it will uh, help um, go back and watching that film to, to you know, help that development of, from that aspect as well. Yeah, no, that sounds great. So is, is this going to be a thing that will be accessible for like, say, you know, someone's kid is playing in a game, but they can't make it out there to the tournament, they'd be able to stream it from their home? They would be, yeah. So they, if, if you're participating in the game of the week, that link will be uh, shared through your club and you'll be able to uh, just click on the link and watch that game live from the comfort of your home or, you know, in the mm-hmm. car if you feel comfortable. Um, and then that game will be taken off after it, the live streaming has happened. Um, mm-hmm. And then ultimately just the coaches will have the opportunity to go back and coaches and players will have the opportunity yeah. to go back and watch that game. film. Well, that, that sounds pretty cool. Um, could be a good little aspect for, you know, maybe I can share with the listeners what's coming up for the week. Uh, you know, as we have details, is there, uh, are, have they been settled yet with the games of the week going to be this week? Uh, we have, yeah. So this week it's going to be uh, Charlotte Metro 04 boys uh, versus mm-hmm. Queen City uh, 0405 boys. Um, 1230, I believe, at Hannah Park in uh, Shelby, North Carolina. So that's going to be uh, awesome to see uh, soccer or sports reels guys out there um, with their camera set up there. They do a fantastic job. Uh, with recruiting profiles, et cetera. So uh, I'm excited to watch that game film uh, mm-hmm. myself and kind of get see all the young players uh, go out there and compete in their first uh, Carolina Champions League match of this season. Yeah, sounds great. Uh, be cool to check out. So a little more uh, focused on the future as opposed to this weekend. Um, what would you say, and you've kind of touched on this a little bit already, but what would you say are the long-term goals, say five, ten years, what have you, for the Champions League? Yeah, so, you know, I don't know about the specific year mark, but, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, we recently did um, partner with the National Leagues Alliance. If you're familiar with the, uh, the Club Champions League based out of Virginia, now uh, spread uh, throughout the East Coast. But um, that opportunity is going to give uh, Carolina Champions League members some uh, matches that are, you know, crossover with some of their league members. Uh, the National League Alliance allows, uh, regardless of your affiliation, so, you know, we are a uh, very happily U.S. club-sanctioned uh, league, and mm-hmm. we can create uh, opportunities together through the National League Alliance. So college showcases, that's something that we've talked about um, for some of that, that short-term goals that we want to have to put on for those top level players that are in the Carolina Champions League and the partnership with the National League Alliance is not only going to allow us to have access to some of the top college showcases that they put on every year but you know down the road try to put on something here uh, a little bit more locally as well uh, for all uh, Carolina Champions League members and uh, different ID camps etc going forward. 
And then, you know, ultimately, like we, we touched on uh, multiple times, but more clubs in the Carolina Champions League and different parts of the, the regions of North and South Carolina ultimately makes the drive and everything that, you know, some people say about club sports a little bit easier on the family. So, you know, five years and we can build the, the same type of system that we have here in terms of the number of clubs and locations that we have for the Charlotte region currently, but on both sides of the state, that would be a, the uh, one of the ultimate goals that we have uh, through the Carolina Champions League. Sounds great. The sounds like the partnership could definitely be uh, beneficial and you know get more competition. So that's always good. Exactly. Um, so that's pretty much the end of the questions that I had written down. Is there anything that you wanted to share about the league that we haven't covered today? No, yeah, we're just excited to get back on the field. I know it's been a long uh, time since we, you know we were anticipated this kickoff on February thirteenth. Uh, with mm-hmm. the league play here in Matthews, but um, you know Parks and Rec did um, shut down here for reservations through uh, February 28th to kind of match that state guidelines that are uh, out with the governor speaking right now. So mm-hmm. I know it's been difficult in terms of scheduling, et cetera, with new things, but you know we're continuously trying to just rework uh, the scheduling piece. So we appreciate everyone's patience in regards to that. Um, and ultimately, we're just <clears throat> here in the next in the future weeks going to be working to make sure that, you know, throughout the entire, entire season, as we remain consistent with scheduling um, to provide that for you and, and the families uh, going forward. And COVID uh, has also, you know, opened our eyes that there might be some new changes going uh, forward with future seasons that we have now had to adapt with short term, but could be progress you know coming out on the back side of this long term so um there's, there's a lot of cool things on that and exciting things that we're uh looking forward to for the future of the carolina champions league and for right now we're just excited to get uh, get the kids back on the field and games played uh, this weekend yeah uh, i'm definitely excited to actually see some soccer as opposed to doing all the administrative work and stuff in the background <laughs> i think it's going to be enjoyable yeah. And, uh, yeah. So I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today and, um, I appreciate you letting me do this. Uh, I think this is going to be a lot of fun for me to learn about all the different clubs and to share that information with our listeners. And, uh, yeah, thank you for taking the time to talk with me. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. I, I know you're going to learn a lot about, you know, the different clubs in our league and how they, you know, impact kids' lives on the field and ultimately, all the great stuff they do off the field as well. So it's going to be really cool to see uh, the different club interviews and kind of going forward for everybody to, to listen and learn more about Carolina Champions League and, and its members. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, thank you so much, Ahmad. It was great talking with you. And uh, I've been Chris Davis, and you've been listening to Dive Into Development. Development.